It is Monday, February 22nd, and this is Make It So. So this is episode 6, where we're talking about the next challenge. I'm Neil Simmons. And I'm Charlie Plain. Uh, after challenge number 3, the Romulans edged out the Klingons for their second victory. Congratulations to the Cardassian team, who pulled out their first win of the competition, beating the Bajorans with a clean sweep. Or to zero. Anything about those results surprise you, Neil? Not really. After surveying the cards... I figured the Cardassians had the, the competition well in hand. I'm a little surprised to see the full clean sweep, but but I'm not very surprised. The Romulans and the Cardassians, to me, were, were a coin flip, so congratulations to the winners. I think the Romulan-Klingon battle actually ended up being a little bit more out of balance than I thought it was. It was uh, two votes to one there on the judges, and then the public also went with the Romulans. That was an interesting public vote, because it flip-flopped four times that I saw. It went back and forth from the Klingons were winning, and then they were tied, and then the Romulans were winning, and then they were tied. It went back and forth four times. That was a heck of a race. Yeah, the public is very fickle when it comes to big votes like that. But the voting has been very exciting. I think that some of them tend to favor the, the really powerful cards, the cards that are probably or possibly broken, because that... I mean, that attracts a lot of players to see a powerful card. I mean, there's a reason Hard Time is used in almost every Dilemma Pile, because it's better than it should be for the cost. And then you have the other class of voter, who is probably the ones who don't vote until the last day, where they've taken two or three days to listen to the argument, go through it, and think about their decks, and think about how they might apply it. Well, Neil, there's been a little bit of, uh, not controversy, but discussion on the boards to make it so forums and the team forums objecting to the harsh criticism that some of the cards have been receiving. The, the main argument is that the official design team has playtesters and teams of playtesting and multiple weeks to revise and re adapt these cards before release, and that it's not really fair for these teams who are operating you know, with a limited number of people in a compressed time frame and no playtesting to be held well, to the same standard. Yeah, that... That's true, but the problem that we run into is, is that the, the, the groups of playtesters are there to find interactions between cards that the card designers miss or can't think of. So if you end up building some cards that you already know are going to be troublesome for the game because you know what cards are in the game, then that's a bad interaction. Well, the reality is that a design team is never going to introduce a card, is never going to give a card to the playtesters that they know has a fundamental problem. Well, what, what I was trying to say is, is that having a, having a playtest group doesn't give the designer the freedom to design broken cards, thinking that there's a, there's a second catch that'll catch any brokenness of the cards. Now, the designers try to come out with the best card possible, and the playtesters only firm up those cards to make sure that they're not broken so we don't have to fix them later. The purpose of playtesting isn't to prove that a card is broken. Really, the playtesters should be assuming that the cards are broken and then playing and testing them to prove that they're not broken. That's a really good point, actually. Introducing a card 
that is fundamentally flawed serves no purpose because it's either going to end up getting completely rewritten or cut. So introducing a card saying, well, I know that there's this issue, this issue, and this issue, but we can fix that in playtesting or we can change a rule in the CRD to do that. that. That's a terrible way to think about this. Since I got back from Gen Con, I've been had access to the playtesting forums and I've watched the development of the last couple of sets and it's remarkable how many cards come through that loop and you, and you, and you just initially read them and think, oh, that's a pretty good idea, that's kind of neat. And two revisions later, that card's cut because it's completely broken. Or it needs to be rewritten to the point where you might as well just change the card title because it's not the same card. Playtesting is, is, is the, the check to the balance, but the designers really go out of their way to make sure that the cards are designed very well before anybody sees them. And the last thing to consider is that this is a competition, and because it's a competition, we're putting the contestants in a high-stress situation that's more difficult than the real-life situation, where you only have five days to produce a series of cards, and you may only have one or two people to bounce the ideas off of, and you don't have playtesters. If you can succeed and create good quality cards that don't have a lot of significant problems to them, you're going to succeed when you become an assistant designer and join a design team where you do have access to all those resources. Yeah, it's like in Survivor. They have to jump across the barrels and leap across the water while not falling in. We are alone here at the mercy of any number of hostile aliens because of the incomprehensible decision of a Federation captain. A Federation captain who destroyed our only chance to get home. Federation rules. Federation nobility. Federation compassion. Do you understand? If this had been a Cardassian ship, we would be home now. All right, Neil, think fast. What is your favorite episode of Star Trek? Uh, in the pale moonlight, Deep Space Nine, season six, where Cisco's talking to himself. That's the one where he and Garrick conspire to bring the Romulans into the war, right? They sure do. It ends with with Cisco saying, Computer, delete that entire personal log. That is certainly a classic episode, and it's probably on a lot of people's lists. Now, what's your favorite episode that we don't have in the game so far? Probably the Times Arrow uh, episode in The Next Generation, where Data's head ends up under San Francisco for 500 years or so. We have a couple of cards from those episodes, but, but nothing, like Feast on the Dying, but nothing that really focuses on that, that train of, of events that happen. Yeah, you could do a mission out of that, and you could do Madame Guinan or Mark Twain, I suppose. Or the, the uh, equipment data's head. Well, my favorite series is The Next Generation, because it came on when I was eight years old, and it was on Friday nights, and I remember that my parents used to order pizza, and we would watch Star Trek together. Favorite episode of all time? I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. I'm going to say... Well, you have to come up with the top five. Top five, okay. Piece of the action from the original series. The Best of Both Worlds, part one. <laughs> you probably saw that in its original airing, didn't you? I absolutely did, and that yeah. summer... That summer was agony. Longest summer ever. <laughs> I would also have to say, in a mirror darkly, Relativity. From Voyager, which you should definitely watch that episode. It was a great episode. I'll think about it. Let me pick a Deep Space Nine episode that's probably my favorite. Past tense. 
Well, as you may have guessed, I'm asking you these questions because they directly relate to our next challenge. Well, that's pretty exciting. What is the next challenge? Challenge number four, this is the last challenge of phase one, is called Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, did you ever read those books back in the day when you were a kid? Absolutely. Those were my favorite books. You know, I think they even had a Star Trek one. I remember getting killed by Klingons more than once. Yeah, I did that to people at Worlds. This is a story challenge. So all the people that have been out there clamoring that we never do anything story-based, this is one of the two story challenges that we have planned for this season to Make It So. We're going to let you do some story stuff. I've been yammering on about lore and, and arcing stories, so this challenge so far is my favorite challenge. I don't even know what it is yet. Choose Your Own Adventure instructs each of the four teams to create a thematic cycle of six different cards that are drawn from the same Star Trek story, which means an episode or one of the multi-episode arcs or one of the movies. So, a six-card theme, excuse me, a six-card cycle. Now, is this going to be a cycle like the first challenge, where you had to take the same text and put it on six different cards? We are revisiting the cycle concept. This is just looking at it from the story point of view instead of the mechanical point of view. This is a story cycle, which means you have to take six different cards, all from the same story, the same situation, the same series of events, and apply them to the different cards. Now, this is a very free-form challenge, so we're giving you an extra restriction. The extra restriction is that you have to do at least four different card types. You have to do at least one dilemma, at least one equipment event or interrupt. Not one of each, one of those three. It can be either of any of those three types, but you have to do one of at least those three. One personnel and one ship. So six cards, not necessarily connected by game text, but all connected by thematic cycle, and four separate types and two floating types. Right, and the only card type that's not specifically called out is mission. The you, you can make a mission, you don't have to, but you have to make one dilemma, one personnel, one ship, and one of the, the verb cards. And a verb is an equipment, event, or an interrupt. So the teams need to be careful when they're choosing their story here, because you don't want to pick a story that's entirely focused on one group of people, because that that's not going to really allow you to make a ship or... or maybe not even allow you to make a dilemma. And, and it doesn't have to be like a particularly tight-knit thematic cycle, but the tighter you can get it, the better. So like if we were to take the Pale Moonlight, make a Cisco, you could make a Romulan ship, you could make a, a dilemma like you can't get the 200 milliliters of, of gel, and then you could make an, an interrupt like place the bomb. You could do something like that. I was uh, An example that's actually in the game, is from, from Balance of Terror, in, in these yeah. voyages, you have Parallel Course, you have Plasma Energy Weapon, you have Keros, you have Teothan, you have the Galgathong, and you have Distress Call. That, that's six cards meeting the requirements of the challenge that are all pulled from the same episode. Now, now in my book, you get bonus points if you can also mechanically relate them. But that's not required. But that's bonus points from me. And I'm not a judge. Often in the game, thematically related ideas are mechanically related because that, that's the natural suggestion. You want to you want to see stuff from the same episode related to each other. Not, not necessarily. For example, the past Romulans are mechanically related, but they're not all from the same episode. 
but we're talking about not necessarily mechanically related, but all from the same episode, well, story arc. Technically, you could do from, like, the last ten episodes of Deep Space Nine, but I don't think I would count, I think that would be disappointing unless you picked one of the specific stories going on within that. For example, um, Rom taking over the Ferengi Alliance, or Kira and Odo and Garrick on Cardassia, or the battle for Cardassia. You know, if you tried to make, if you made a Cisco that's in combat and a Kira that's on Cardassia and a, a, a Rom, and it would just sort of not really be one storyline. It would be from technically that ten-parter, but it wouldn't be as thematically related as we're looking. You really want to try to pick one story and follow it into its natural conclusion and derive cards from that. Another example would be the Dangerous Missions. There's three different sets of cards where they're all related. The dilemmas, of course, aren't really all that related to each other, but, but you've got a mission and some guys who can do the mission and a specific ship for each of those sets. Is that kind of what we're looking for? Similar. You know, we don't want you to create a new Dangerous Missions or anything like that, because those were built specifically with drafting in mind. But, but yeah, that idea. You really have to do some, take some time and study and figure out what episode is going to help you generate cards that will fit the bill here. Now, I don't know about you, Neil, but as much as I love some of the more popular stories, I don't necessarily think we need to revisit some of those cards that are already in the game. Well, there have been a lot of popular episodes that have been hammered with cards taken from virtually every scene. Absolutely. Um, as much as I love In the Pale Moonlight, you know, no one is ever going to make a card that captures that storyline better than Confessions in the Pale Moonlight, back from Energize. Be careful with that kind of thing. You know, you can certainly choose In the Pale Moonlight if you want. I think there is some potential there, but bonus points again from me if you manage to pick something that hasn't been put into the game already or has been barely touched on in the game. Or if you choose an episode or an arc episode that makes everyone run to go watch that episode to re-experience the episode for themselves. Yeah, that'd be it'd be really cool if people see your cards and that immediately makes them want to go watch that episode. That's kind of the feel that you're looking for here. So picking something like Spock's brain may, while certainly untapped in the game, may or may not get you a victory in this challenge. So if I were doing this challenge, I'd want to pick Kirk and Spock from the new movie. That story arc is awesome. Well, I'm going to have to stop you there, Neil. The new movie is off limits. Sorry, folks, we just can't touch that. I know, I know, there could be some really, really cool cards coming from there, but that's that's just something we can't touch. It's not in our best interest to go there, officially or unofficially, and it's, it's off limits for this challenge. If you make cards from that movie, you'll be disqualified. about our favorite episodes. Now it's time to find out what the team's favorite episodes are. The challenge looks relatively straightforward as a top-down thematic challenge. Right, and we're giving the teams a lot more rope this time, so we'll see if they find a way to swim or if they hang themselves. All the details on the challenge, as well as the exact text, is available at our website, www.trekcc.org slash so. We wish the teams the best of luck, and we'll be back later on to take a look at the entries once they've been submitted. Well, for this week, I'm Neil Timmons. And I'm Charlie Plain. And in the immortal words of Captain Picard... 
make it so. So podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. For more information, visit www.creativecommons.org. Some of the music in today's podcast is brought to you podsafe free from Nebio's Music Alley. For more information, visit www.musicalley.com. Make it so. The search for the next assistant game designer is brought to you by the Continuum Committee, home of the first and second edition Star Trek CCG. For more information, please visit www.trekcc.org, www.trekcc.org. But it would be pretty would cool be. to have a card with uh, Spock choking the crap out of Kirk. That'd be awesome. He would definitely get to draw and spend three dilemmas for that card. That's true. <laughs>